now that is an absolutely solid part of the, the process that I do is is making sure that you are first and foremost absolutely heart center connected to what you're trying to do and then helping you figure out how that then pieces together in a way that works for you rather than telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing. the openly spoken podcast where we talk about the real and raw messy middle of business and life transitions my name is celia and i'm here to navigate you through uncomfortable action so that you learn grow and achieve your goals today on the podcast we have kath grimmett kath is a former fashion designer turned branding designer and her focus is on helping business owners connect and align with their branding vision first and then create the branding experience of their dreams with authenticity, empowerment, and clarity. Today, we sat down and we talked about what a brand really is. We talked about connecting with yourself, allowing yourself to align with your own version of success, learning from multiple people, and choosing strategies that are really aligned with your heart and soul first. We also went off on a little tangent about Harry Potter. It was such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed Kath's energy. And I would recommend if you are in the process of building a brand to have a notebook out and be taking some notes. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Now let's dive in. You are really vibe with you. So I'm really excited to have you here. <laughs> Thank you really for being nice here. Just, oh no, it's an absolute pleasure because it's really nice to just have those conversations with people that like you, you know, that you vibe with as well. And just that's what keeps everything exciting and keeps yeah. you do what you do more, isn't it? So yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. So welcome to the podcast, Kath. <laughs> I'll so include, <laughs> <laughs> I'll include all of that in here already. <laughs> Organic. <laughs> so um, let's start with giving a little intro of who you are so you can introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, hey, so um, my name is Kath Grimmett of Grim Designs. I am a branding specialist from Cardiff in the UK. And um, basically, I work on a much more holistic approach to my branding process where I like to get all of my clients to connect to themselves first and foremost so that they can really see their vision of what they're trying to create. And then we work back from that to help them really create a brand that is aligned with who they are, aligned with their clients, and just feels really good rather than getting stuck up in all of that, all the things that you should be doing and listening to mm. all those people out there. So um, yes, so I'm kind of a holistic-led branding designer. <laughs> I love that because a brand is like, a brand really is like, it needs that humanness to it. And like, the more you know yourself, the more you're going to know how to create a brand that represents who you are. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I think for me as well, and for a lot of people that I know, especially when they are building personal brands, when the brand is has come from them, has their face attached to it, mm. not necessarily the name, although mm -hmm. that that is very common. But when you are the face of your business, it can get very hard to see where you stop and your business starts or to have those mm. firm boundaries in place, but also to have that confidence moving forward in 
what you feel like you should be doing versus what actually feels right for you to do. Um, I think a lot of brands get caught up in what other people are doing. So it's mm. really beautiful to have strong led brands that have solid foundations about who they are, what they stand for and what they want to achieve for themselves and for their ideal clients mm-hmm. and build a business based on that rather than just doing things because that's the way that other people do them <laughs> or it's the way that they've been told it's the only way that's going to make them 10k in 30 days and, <laughs> you know all of that sort of jazz um, and it just creates clarity for those business owners so that they feel empowered and inspired and keeps that passion alive for what they're doing because there's so many business owners out there right now that are just so burnt out or feel like they're chasing their tail because Mm -hmm. it's the world is crazy out there right now (laughs) and I think it's just you do get caught up in the the chaos of it all so it's really lovely to just for those those business owners who really know who they are and what they want to achieve to have that quiet time and that sort of that clarity in it all to move to move forward in authority on in the way that they want to do it so mm-hmm. yeah I love talking about this as you can see <laughs> I have a few questions about it but first I want to hear more about like how did you get to this space like were there were there pivots involved were you doing something else before you uh, got to be in this, like, even like how you work now in a holistic way, like, was that something you've always been doing? I just asked you like three questions in a row. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is awesome. So it is not a short story. So buckle up. (laughs) Um, I actually, um, I was actually a trained fashion designer. Um, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. So I worked, um, I did my degree in fashion design. I actually went out and lived in China for six months working in the factories. Um, I then came back and ended up working for some of the major UK high street retailers. Um, I was a menswear designer. I absolutely lived for the nitty gritty details and the intricacies of how menswear had to be different to, to womenswear because you had less silhouettes to play with and mm-hmm. it was more about the subtle details with menswear which mm-hmm. I absolutely loved um and I made my way all the way up to senior designer for one of the the big UK retailers um and surprise surprise the fashion industry is a horrible place to work Agreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it was one of those things where I went in really fresh and bright eyed and bushy tailed and was going to change the world. And then slowly after 10 years sort of got more and more dismayed, more and more beaten down with it. And a lot of the things that I was doing really wasn't, a lot of the things that I was doing for my, my job wasn't congruent with my own personal ethics. It wasn't congruent with what I wanted for my life and I found myself compromising a lot of things for that perception of success reaching certain income levels reaching certain titles and actually it really didn't live up to what 
I had always hoped it to be. So um, I made the very dramatic decision to step away from working in that environment. And I actually went and started my own fashion company. Um, So I created my own athleisure wear company. Um, I used to play roller derby um, and very much those two worlds really intertwined. And I found myself creating a business that was for want of a better word, backcrack crazy <laughs> uh, design. So we had fun. Yeah, it was amazing. We had avocados on leggings. We had cats. We had dogs. We had unicorns. It's whatever people could think. We had people's faces. I did custom designs with the craziest things. And when I first started that, it was an absolute blast. I had never even considered running my own business before. So I really did throw myself in the deep end with it Mm -hmm. Um, and had to learn everything fresh. So was just a brand new entrepreneur, had to learn all of the business side, the marketing side, learn about sales. And it was intense. It was really intense. Um, So I built it up over five years. I had a team of five. We designed and made everything in the in our studio in the UK so we didn't outsource anything or didn't we manufactured everything ourselves and yeah it was probably the best learning experience of my life because it was it was very intense and I put a lot of expectation on myself um but what also I really loved about it is I ended up collaborating with so many other smaller businesses in the UK in my local area and I actually started helping other small businesses understand the point of branding from a from a retail point of view we ended up doing um Cardiff's first local makers pop-up shop and we basically made like a mini department store and it was awesome it was so good (laughs) and all the bits that I absolutely loved was working with those other makers and designers and business owners to help them really stand in an authority about who they were what Mm -hmm. they were creating and because a lot of them were makers themselves and producing everything themselves it was so personal for them so mm-hmm. help be able to tell their story and why their pieces mattered and where they come from I was just I literally felt like this in this spotlight had just been thrown on everything that I was doing so I kind of at the time when I was doing it I was like actually this is this is what I love this is what I'm really enjoying doing and with my with my fashion business I wasn't getting to do all of the designs I was being a boss I was managing people Mm. I was doing sales and so actually when it came to working with those people one-to-one it kind of really ignited that spark for me in terms of I kind of think this is what I should be doing than running a, a fashion company um, so I sold the business um really really quickly actually it was it was wonderful and um then took a couple of months off to digest recuperate and then um I actually went to work for a business coach um she was a very good friend of mine I met her whilst I was running my other business and it was a really immersive experience because I not only worked with coaches I worked with all kinds of service providers all kinds of product businesses and it really was like a baptism of fire of like <laughs> all of the things of branded that branding could possibly um, 
could possibly come have to offer. So I learned a lot in, in that space of time. And because I had those design skills from the fashion industry, mm-hmm. I was really lucky that I could transfer those skills into not just a, a coaching capacity or a mentoring capacity, but also the physical implementation of it all as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is kind of how, how Grim Designs came about. So I ended up working with this business coach for a few years to really get some experience under my belt and figure out who I liked working with and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those, those good things that enable you to have a little think about what niche you want to move into and what yeah. you enjoy and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, la- early last year, I then made the decision to just go out on my own as my own agency so I still work with that business coach in a in a a freelance capacity but sort of really honed what I do and and doing that so um and that's yeah that's kind of my journey so it it hasn't been linear in the slightest it hasn't (laughs) been it's been quite turbulent at times but honestly that is how beautiful I think like things just evolve the way that they should do and it's really damn hard (laughs) at some you know Mm -hmm. a lot of points um but from the holistic point of view that was something that my that the coach that I was working with was really um really connected to she helped Mm. um a lot of her clients were overcoming mindset issues introducing Mm -hmm. them to lots of different types of uh, self-care and then actually how to apply that to their business practice and that was Mm -hmm. something that I had always tried to implement in my business but was one of those things that I was like oh you know when I get round to it that is (laughs) that's what I'll do or whereas actually when I started working within that business it really solidified for me just how important visualization is making sure that you are connected to what you're creating having that self-care practice whatever it looks like for you and then it sort of evolved into the the branding process actually having people visualize what they want for themselves and working back from that and so it's taking a little while to you know like get it into the the right space and and move Mm -hmm. that along but because Mm -hmm. nobody has all of the answers and there's so many different ways of doing things that I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves of of the way that things should be done or this is the way that somebody else does it but for me learning in that way and learning that sometimes the should and the this is the only way ways don't work for you and then you feel like a failure because you ha- it hasn't worked for you and all of that sort of thing. Whereas actually not there is so much knowledge out there for you to find the way that works with you. It's just mm-hmm. having the confidence to test and measure and not be attached to one particular way or one particular system or thought process being the way that works for you. It's about trial, you know, trial and error and then doing more of what works so yeah I've just <laughs> talked totally to you for a long time it's <laughs> oh, okay I'm here for all of it <laughs> but I totally agree with what you just said that you need that connection with yourself to know what works because especially now with Instagram and just like I feel like there's been an influx of new business owners, of course, since there's been a lockdown. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, And there's so many like, oh, this is my three steps strategy for this. Um, This is how I save 10K in like 
a month. Yeah. And those strategies, yeah, they might've worked for that person, but there's so many strategies and you really have to have that connection with yourself because the only strategy that works at the end of the day is one that you're able to be consistent with. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% agree with you on that. And I think for me as well, it's allowing the space for what success looks like for you personally as well, because I know that I've been drawn into certain programs in the past where it's, you know, making promises of a certain level of income within so many days or, you know, reaching so many followers and that sort of thing. And it is Mm -hmm. really easy to get caught up in the in the metrics in that like the the shiny metrics of it all but actually one thing that was really um was really profound for me to 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 discover and get comfortable with is that the people finding the right people to work with me on what my idea of success was and what I actually wanted Mm. for my business you know whether I did want to be that you know six, seven figure business owner that has a team behind her, or actually whether I just wanted to be stable in my income and really enjoy all of the clients that I work with and have a three day working week. And, you know, (laughs) it actually is, was a really big light bulb to think like, oh, I've been trained to think that success looks like this, but actually what does success look like for me? And how can I make my business look like that to achieve those goals rather than constantly follow, you know, chasing Mm -hmm. those so many followers on Instagram or so Mm -hmm. much money in the bank that actually doesn't work out into profit. It's just, you know, revenue that's coming into the business and do, can I actually afford to take two weeks off to go on holiday no because I've spent all of my money on a launch and that sort of thing so yeah it might sound and I'm not not um discrediting any of these these different types of courses and programs lots of people who do this have a very genuine want to help other people have the success that they have achieved I think Mm -hmm. For me, it was all about finding the right ones and mm-hmm. also being able to um, pick them apart a little bit and know what works for you and what doesn't. Because one person's success story and one person's success roadmap is not going to be the same roadmap mm-hmm. for you. And so actually being able to have that clarity first and foremost of what you want and then being able to almost like make have your own little like pick a mix of what you want to try and what you want to do yeah. um was so much more useful to me and has actually helped me build a, a more solid brand for clarity and the direction that I want to go and all of all of that stuff so yeah <laughs> that's amazing your story is also very like magical you could like you should write a book <laughs> I would read that <laughs> it would include a lot of waffle and a lot of harry potter quotes (laughs) oh love that i love harry potter (laughs) who doesn't (laughs) um i remember harry potter this is off topic but when i was in fifth grade my teacher would read the first harry potter out loud to us every every day for like 30 minutes after lunch (laughs) this was like 1999 (laughs) You're going to make me feel really old now. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, it's um uh, I still that is one of my go-to things that I always listen to. Um I've got the audiobook which is oh, read by Stephen Fry. Idea, yeah. Oh, and I listen to it to go to sleep sometimes just because his voice is so soothing. And um, yeah, you've got to love, you've got to love a Harry, Harry Potter, Stephen Fry combination. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dying to ask you, um, with your branding clients, how you said that you get them to a like holistic approach, because I used to also do branding. And something that I found was that people want just this quick like just make me a just make me a brand board with the these are the colors I like this is what I want and like they just there's a lot of focus on the aesthetic part of it absolutely yeah (laughs) can we talk about why that's not like that's just the tip of the iceberg with branding (laughs) one yeah honestly this is I love talking about this so much and I don't know if you've checked out my Instagram or anything as well, but so many of my posts talk about how branding is not just about the visuals. It's not, you know, branding is not just a logo. It's not just a color palette. It's so much more than that. Um, And I was actually quite shocked at how little information there is out there about the overall picture of what a brand is because mm-hmm. I think it's such a it's such a misconception that branding is just visuals yeah. and so many people say oh I need to sort out my branding which actually means that they just need a logo or they you know I need to sort out my branding or I'm creating this new brand so I need to make sure that my colors are right and it's like <laughs> Well, you do know that your branding is so much more than just the visual aspect of it, right? There's so many businesses out there that I know that have absolutely terrible visuals and they are absolutely storming it because the visual part of it is just such a small element to branding as a whole. Um, And it's it seems really misinformed just in general and especially with smaller businesses I think that the design element of branding is the only part of branding that matters mm-hmm. um what are your thoughts on that I think it's like very reflective of kind of like human nature and society like when there's a problem we're like oh I'll just get a new haircut or get a new outfit or something it's kind of like a band-aid to cover what's really beneath like my business isn't doing well I need a new logo or I need different colors when really it's like so much deeper than that yeah it's a really good distraction technique sometimes yeah um but I also Mm -hmm. think as well that it comes down to that misinformation and the lack of information out there actually about Mm -hmm. what else there is to consider because I think especially when I started uh, my first my fashion business my first business was I already knew about creating a brand because I had been so immersed in working for those high street retailers that were all about the brand experience, not Mm -hmm. just how the clothing looked. It Mm -hmm. was about absolutely everything coming back to the values of the brand, coming back to what that brand actually stood for. Mm-hmm. And I worked in lots of different levels of the high street as well. So I worked for a value retailer who was all about quantity over quality. I then worked for like higher end um, high street, which was about the quality rather than the, the quantity and was about the details and the 
the story of the brand. And that was the bit that I feel people don't spend the time over um, and can mm-hmm. get pushed to the side for more important things. And I know absolutely when you are a small business and you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders to make sure that this business works, that it can get overlooked. Um, but I think the reason for applying the more holistic approach to it in in the way that I do things is I won't let you hide under that rock for the story and I won't let you hide from the values and what you actually stand for because understanding what you and your business stand for and they're not mutually exclusive either you know you can have values for your business that you don't hold for yourself Mm -hmm. um but actually understanding the point of it all and what you really want to hold a stake in the ground for what you want to make your mark on the world for with your brand is so is part of the fundamentals of your business because if you don't have that understanding, if you don't have that clarity, if you don't have that driving force, it's really easy to just get lost in everything that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. There's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of like, I don't know. It's just, even, even when I started my business, I thought branding was just a logo and colors And when I was educating myself more, I realized that a brand is, it's very much the reason why it fascinated me. My background, I also studied fashion design, but then from there, I taught yoga for five years until the pandemic. And with yoga, I didn't plan on being a yoga teacher. I just went to the training so that I would know how to do yoga properly. And I could like do it at home instead of paying for a membership somewhere. (laughs) But I just fell in love with it and it made me fall in love with humanity. And when I started learning about brand strategy and brand foundations and everything that is not the visuals, I realized that a brand, the whole aspect of a brand is just as complex as a human. Like we're way more than what we look like on the outside. Like there's a whole story beneath beneath the looks there's values beneath the looks there's there's so many things yeah and it also like yeah love the way that you've talked about it in terms of it it being like a human and I think you're absolutely right a lot of the things that I talk about with within the branding process is brand for me is about creating a brand experience so it's the visuals are just they are an important part but they are just a fraction of that entire pie of of the brand it's also about the interaction that you are going to have with your clients how you talk to them how they experience you how you know you address them in emails like how you you know what your price points are how you run your business you know it's all there's so many factors to it Mm -hmm. and it's and as I said earlier the the choices are unlimited so being able to have so many options and not be overwhelmed by it all (laughs) is such an important factor in the branding process because like I said earlier it's 
it's being able to look at your choices and decide or look at your choices and test and measure rather than just being like, oh, geez, I've got like a thousand <laughs> options here. I don't even know where to start. Um, whereas, you know, having that that foundation and having that clarity about what you're trying to achieve or, you know, even if it's just a fraction of that clarity, it's going to it's mm-hmm. a journey. It's going to develop as you go. It's going to change and, and morph and and move along encouraging people to see branding as a journey and as something that you are constantly going to be adapting and moving doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be redoing your logo or redoing (laughs) your visuals every 12 months or two years or whatever but actually you're going to be constantly looking at your business as a human to see you know how what development you need whether that is skill-based whether it is soul-based whether it is visuals whether you know what are those things that are important to you and what is important right now that you need to work on and what are those things that you want to work on and improve over a period of time and I think it can be really overwhelming running a business is hard and is overwhelming a lot of the time, but being able to move with a guideline in place. Like I always look at it as like a a roadmap and like a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I always kind of think about it as if I was planning a trip to Las Vegas from LA and I wanted to go to certain places, there's going to be, quite a few different routes that you can go you can decide to stop off you can decide to go on a detour you can you know there's so many options available to you and it's about figuring out what's right for you doing your research testing and measuring things but your journey is going to be completely different to somebody else who's on the same you know who's on that same destination journey as you And then actually you might get to your destination and be like, hey, this is not what I expected. I'm going to go over here instead. And then you figure out that route. And so that's kind of I love thinking about it in that in those terms, because you don't have all of the answers, but you can have the answers and you can also definitely have fun along the way. (laughs) Yeah. So what would you say then to someone who's listening who doesn't have clarity with their brand to just try something yeah I would actually say um for me visualization is a huge part of it Mm -hmm. because being able to see what you want even Mm -hmm. if it's just a few weeks ahead Mm -hmm. will help you take actionable deliberate steps towards Mm -hmm. what you are trying to create it's so easy to get stuck in the head down, working in your business, carrying forward, bringing in clients, doing the work, you know, and getting into that hamster wheel of just doing. Whereas actually to be able to make the changes that you want to make in your business and having that bigger plan, visualization is absolutely key. Because if you can't visualize what you want for yourself and for your business, then you've got a much bigger problem (laughs) than being able to keep your business moving forward, especially when it comes to building a brand and having that authority as a brand in in the space which you're in. Um, Mm. So I would say, you know, even if it's, you know, just taking 15 minutes out of your day to think about what you want your business to look like in a month, in six months, a year down the line, 
or even if you want to do it more regularly and actually plan what you want this to look like bigger picture mm-hmm. asking those questions and not expecting to have all of the answers is so important because it helps you take those those actionable steps forward and even if it doesn't work out that's okay you know that that way hasn't worked for you so go and try something else and i think Mm-hmm. One of the questions that you asked me before is if I had some advice for people being an entrepreneur, like if I could do it all again, what would I mm-hmm. <laughs> what yeah. would I try and, and learn faster? And actually what I would try and learn faster is being okay with things not working out. <laughs> being okay with that hasn't worked out the way I expected it, or this is way harder. Why have I got such resistance to this? And actually being a little bit more open to what the possibilities are, but also whether you need to do more work on yourself or you need to do more work with skills or your team or anything like that in order to help move forward. I think it's having that visualization of what you're trying to build is so important um, and help just helps you keep you sane as well. You know, (laughs) if you've got something to work towards, you don't feel like it's so hopeless and you Mm -hmm. feel like you've got um you've got something to work towards Mm -hmm. and also you can get people to get really excited about what you're trying to create as well and just keeping that enthusiasm and passion alive because there is nothing worse than working in a business that you don't feel passionate and excited and oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love that because that also gives you like a goal to work towards and like a map and I don't know how you, what, what your thoughts are on like having a business plan or is that different than, than visualizing? Yeah, well, kind of, I like to do the visualization and then kind of <laughs> depending what mood I'm in and so how serious I'm being, <laughs> um, will kind of depend on how, how structured I am with things. So sometimes I have just a bunch of post-it notes of things that I want to achieve. Um, I've got uh, like a vision board of all of the things that I want to do, short term, medium term and long term. So on my vision board, I've got like the house that I want to build in the woods, Um, (laughs) whereas I've got shorter term goals in terms of completely paying off one of my credit cards like that is a huge thing and so I know that that is something that I'm going to be able to achieve by the end of the year um but then obviously my house in the woods I've got no idea how long that's going to take especially with the house prices being as crazy as they are in the UK at the moment but yeah (laughs) having that uh, having that physically there for me to see and know that I'm not forgetting about it and knowing that it's something Mm. on my heart Mm -hmm. but then also I am very practical for a creative as well like I like to know my expenses down to the penny like I like to know what money I've got coming going in and out I like to know you know how many clients I am working with each month to manage my own energy levels and things like that as well so I do like to be quite organized in that sort of more more structured way Mm -hmm. so when the occasion calls for it and I usually do this once a quarter is I will sit down and actually formally plan out what my what my future looks like whether that is for the quarter or for six months or 12 months Mm -hmm. but I don't um (laughs) 
I don't beat myself up too much if things don't happen the way that I want them to. So mm-hmm. I don't know. One of the things that works really well for me is I have a Trello board. Because a Trello have, board? Trello board, yeah. So yeah. what I absolutely I love that. about Trello is you can move all of the little things from one place to another. <laughs> yeah. And that really helps my brain not get broken about <laughs> not achieving things at certain times because... Mm-hmm. That was definitely one thing that I used to be really hard on myself about is if I gave myself like a hard deadline of achieving something. And then even if I went over by like a couple of days, I would beat myself up Mm. so hard (laughs) about not, you know, not not getting that achievement and not having that big tick. Um, Whereas actually with that Trello board, it's it allows the fluidity of things to move priorities to change you know life happens I want to take a vacation for two weeks so things have to move to accommodate that it just allows it allows to have the structure and the fluidity without me feeling like I'm failing if I'm not you know ticking off those rigid boxes so Mm -hmm. um yeah I am a huge I'm a bit of a yin and yang in that sense like I do love to be really like woo and creative and see things in a very visual way but then I also like to have that structure of like okay so now I can see this what does this practically look like and how do I take deliberate steps to get there and I know not everybody is like that um, but it does come with some practice to like get the get the the creative and the the what's the other side of the brain creative like analytical yeah do you have anyone currently like you mentioned in your first business you had a team of five do you have anyone currently helping you with any of this I do so I've got two freelancers um one of them is my junior designer so she helps me with all of the things that I absolutely bore me to tears <laughs> um but luckily she absolutely loves doing them her name is Becca and she is awesome and it's really nice because um what I love about working with her is because she's new to design and she's got aspirations of running her own agency or you know being a, a full-time um graphic designer I've been able to take the time to teach her but also oh, nice. I've been able to have that space to pass things off that I don't always have time for so things that I I still make sure that I do all of the things that I love doing which is something I learned from in my first business but all of those things that I don't necessarily have to physically do like putting client packs together or Mm -hmm. making sure that my brand guidelines are consistent spelling check and all of that sort of stuff (laughs) things that you can easily delegate to other people Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have a uh, oh I actually have two more members of my team I forgot I've got Steph um, so Steph is uh, one of my co- is a copywriter um, I work with her um, to help make sure that when I do website development for my clients and things as well that their all of their copy comes from them and sounds like them but we have the support of a well-versed and well um good with words yes you can tell I'm not (laughs) Uh, all of that sort of the professionalism that you need for for your business when it comes to copy but making sure that it comes from from the business owner and it really sounds like them so that their personal branding is a true reflection of who they are 
Um, and then I also have a developer, a web developer. So I like to do a lot of my web design myself because that is my fun, creative side of things. Um, and then Jordan likes to go in and just make sure everything is working and that I've done all of the all of the boring bits, I like to call it. But he absolutely loves it. So <laughs> that's nice. why we're such a good partnership is. Um, yeah, I really, really love to make sure that people are doing the bits that they enjoy doing and working in their in mm. their zone mm-hmm. and then delegating out the bits that they they don't love and aren't that interested in to make sure that you're getting the best out of your people but you're also getting the best out of the work that you're producing as well so yeah uh, yeah that was definitely something that I learned the hard way from from my first business <laughs> yeah it really makes a difference when you're doing something that you love. So I love that you do that with your team. Yeah. What was the, what was like the first thing you outsourced or what would you recommend? The first thing I outsourced was the junior design stuff Okay. because I felt really confident being able to teach somebody how to do that first. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also worked with, um, I've got a systems lady that I worked with uh, for a little while who set me up on Dubsado and taught me how to use all of that so that my client onboarding and stuff was all good and seamless and created a good client experience for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need to work with her on a regular basis. Um, I also have worked with, uh, marketing experts and I've had a VA and things and a social media manager and things like that as well so but they're not necessarily people that I work with all of the time I like mm-hmm. to make sure that like project work and things as well similar to how people work with me is working with people as and when they need things mm-hmm. rather than saying you know I need them um, excuse me <laughs> making sure that you have things in place all of the time because then it helps with cash flow it makes sure that you are doing things as and when you need them um Mm -hmm. and also from that visualization point of view I know when I'm going to need to need somebody to come in and help me work on something whether it's a launch or getting my systems in place but Mm -hmm. but having those solid people in in the business to know that if I wasn't there for any reason that the business could still continue running in a decent capacity without me having to be there. So I know yeah. that I can delegate things to them when I'm, I'm not away, when I'm away. So yeah, that was one of the big fundamental things for me for this time for my business was making sure that if I wasn't able to be there, whether it was for good or for bad, that my business didn't crumble around me because I wasn't, I wasn't there to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Was there ever any resistance in like delegating? That's my problem. I'm like scared to to hand things off. Yeah, it was huge resistance to begin with. Um, And depending on what day you speak to Becca, she'll probably tell you (laughs) whether I resist giving her some design work to do and things as well. Um, But I think for me, it was getting to the point. I didn't want to get to the point of burnout. Smart. In the past, I was working two full-time jobs, um, which resulted in me ending up in hospital for a couple of days. I was very, very poorly. I had to take three months off both of my jobs, mm. which was really scary. And it has progressed into a, a lifelong condition for me. Um, so that was a really hard learning curve for me, was that if I didn't take care of my body and if I didn't take care of my stress levels and my mental health that actually some pretty bad things could happen to me um, and yeah. physically and mentally 
And so making sure that because I needed that regular income, because I needed to pay my bills, you know, I needed to put food on the table, being able to empower myself to understand how my business was running and what I wanted to delegate um, was was one of those steps that I had to put in place to make sure that even if I was poorly or on vacation or, you know, whatever it was that the business could still could still tick along without me for, for a certain period of time. Um, and I think the resistance from that was I always believed that people wouldn't be able to do what I did the way that I did it. <laughs> um, and then actually I realized that it all comes down to communication. <laughs> yeah. It all comes down to having, you know, procedures in place, you know, structures. Um, one of the mm. businesses that I used to work for was an absolute pro of having like process maps and things like that as well. So I haven't gone that far, but I do have like lots of training videos about how I like to do things and things like that as well. But I also have backed off a little bit from the the control freak within (laughs) of, you know, as long as this gets done, does it matter that it's not done in the way that I would do it? Or is this the sort of thing that does need to be done in a specific way for, you know, X, Y and Z reasons? So I would say start gently, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but also don't be afraid to it's about relationships. It's about having the right people in place for me and being able to have good conversations with people, allowing for mistakes to be made and having a back and forth relationship with people rather than having really high expectations, no communication, and then being really peeved when things don't work the way that you want them to, which is also a learning curve. (laughs) Um, But I think for me, it didn't necessarily have to be the best designer, the best, you know, VA, the best, but it actually came down to the communication and and the way that I was, was working with these people was making sure that the working environment was, was a great working relationship and being able to have difficult conversations, being able to be open to the other ways that people we're doing things and also you know people have great ideas and so you know being mm-hmm. open to somebody saying hey have you thought about doing it in this way or could we try doing it in this way and things as well to get the most out of people is mm-hmm. has been really beneficial so I think from that point of view being open and finding the right people that you vibe with and that get on with you and have an understanding of what you're trying to create was the best approach for me to have when I was working with somebody so yeah don't don't necessarily always get caught up on credentials or how yeah, much I agree. people have been uh, got, mm-hmm. yeah and the relationship piece too is really important like there needs to be that connection and that communication I've outsourced I've outsourced like a few projects just on like Fiverr but I outsourced once my uh, evergreen newsletter and it was with someone that I knew from high school. She's a copywriter now. And it was really great. She had she had really good communication and I loved her work. But my mistake that I did when I outsourced that. So before I outsourced it, I was like spending four hours a day trying to figure out how to like make my newsletter nurturing, have it have value and also like connect back to what I offer once in a while. Once I gave it off to her. I just kind of like relaxed. 
I wasn't like, all right, I just saved three hours of time. So with that three hours, I'm going to work on this thing. (laughs) So that was like a huge lesson for me of like when you're outsourcing, you have to be very strategic with like what you're spending your time on. And like when you, when you mentioned how you had to think about what you want to delegate, like, I just think back to like, okay, so maybe there needs to be like a list of things you write of like tasks that need to be done. And then you can like separate, like, how did you do, did you, is that what you did? And then separated it by like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So is- I actually did a list of four, uh, four columns. So it was things that I'm good at, that I love to do things mm-hmm. that I'm good at, that I like to do things that I'm not good at that I like to do and things that I'm not good at that I don't like to do. So I then went through and put like a list of everything that I did in all of those four columns and anything that was not in the first two columns, I knew I had to delegate. Mm-hmm. So then I looked at that list. So one of those things was, <laughs> one of those things was a uh, mobile optimization for websites because <laughs> it's really dull um, for me (laughs) and but one of my my developer absolutely loves doing that like he loves to be able to see what I've created and then figure out how that um, applies to all of the other different devices and I'm a little bit more relaxed about that and how as long as it looks good and I can go in and tweak things like I'm happy for him to take the lead on that because that is like you know, a good five hours plus of my time that Mm. doesn't, doesn't light me up and doesn't really excite me too much. So once I knew that that was on the list, I was like, right, okay, so how can this apply from what I'm doing right now to me being able to give that to somebody else? Um, so I did like, um, like a training with him. He was already, he's a very, very, um, capable and experienced developer so it wasn't like I I wasn't teaching him how to do the basics of anything we were able to have a very good conversation of okay so this is how I like things being done this is the certain way that I want things to be done this is the time scales that I have etc etc do you have any suggestions how we could streamline it get things done a little bit Mm, quicker or have you got any suggestions as to how we could make this more friendly for mobile for example because a desktop website versus a mobile website is it can be very different from each other and it's all about coming back to the user experience and what is the best Mm -hmm. for the the end user and so based on that then we then recorded those sessions so that he has that as a training so if he has any members of his staff that he wants to delegate certain bits to they'll watch the training So not only are they understanding the process and how we've decided that we've come to that process, but they can also understand me as the business owner in terms of what I was looking for, my values and all of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also made sure that um, my brand guidelines, so everything about my business, but also everything about my client's business was being translated really well as well helping the people work who are working on the business understand the foundation elements of it so that everybody was coming to the project with a clear understanding of what we were working on and what the outcome we wanted was 
versus somebody not really knowing anything about the project and just wanting bits to be done. So that did make a huge difference. And also recording it in that way then made sure that I didn't have to duplicate my time by doing meeting notes or creating any, you know, processes in that way, because actually it was already recorded on on video so it was just a case of somebody going back and watching a very long <laughs> two-hour video <laughs> on what we talked about so <laughs> but that was the way I think that works has worked the best for me so far but um mm-hmm. yeah did that answer your question yeah <laughs> went on a bit of a detour yeah it did <laughs> I'm also trying to keep a hat on of like the listeners who would be someone who just started their business or is thinking of starting their business And usually in that phase, there's, even with me, there's resistance to outsource because you have to pay these people. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? What would you? Yes. So I would say, so the first thing that I address is the resistance itself. Mm -hmm. And what actually is the resistance? Is it financial? Is it um is it ego based is it (laughs) think that you are the only person that can do it in that way or you know what is what is the task that you are delegating and can it be communicated in in that way so it gets done in the way that you you want it to be done Mm -hmm. um when it comes to financial it's all about finding the right person within the right bracket so you mentioned earlier that you used fiber um i've used fiber used upwork um, I'm actually testing um, a freelance network at the moment where you pay for set hours on a monthly basis and then you have a freelancer connected to you for the type of work that you need. Um, so there are lots of options out there. It's just knowing what where they are and what, what your options are. Yeah. Um, but I would say actually, first and foremost, having a clear understanding of what you're briefing out and having parameters of what is workable for you and being able to manage your expectations based on that so for example if you have a budget of say working with somebody for like ten dollars an hour versus working with somebody who charges 65 dollars an hour and you want them to do you know an entire email automation sequence Firstly, how much experience does that person have based on what they're charging? What is, you know, what is that going to look like? So do you need a very, do you need a very simple email sequence or do you need something that's quite complex that also has a lot of visual elements to it and things as well? And what is that person going to be able to deliver to you based on the hours that you're paying them for? Mm-hmm. So is it actually more beneficial to pay the person who's on $65 an hour for one hour of their time when they can, you know, it, they can do it in their sleep and they can just get it done versus paying somebody $10 an hour and then they've ended up actually spending five hours on something rather than, you know, the one hour that they quoted because they're learning a new platform, they're learning how to do things, they're not too experienced in things. And that's obviously two completely extreme examples. And there will always be, you know, the middle ground and people that do have a much lower budget and their capabilities and experience and things. But I just wanted to like communicate how sometimes we assume that we can't afford to pay somebody a more expensive rate, but then you end up spending more money on a lower rate person because it's taking them longer to do and that sort of thing as well. Um, 
but really it just comes down to understanding what you're asking somebody to do as well so I always say delegate rather than just you know abdicate because when you abdicate you're like oh you you know what you're doing just go and do it and then you're never going to be satisfied with the results because you haven't got that understanding in the first place of what you are asking them to do mm-hmm. and you are putting all of their your faith in that person that they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. so where actually is when you delegate you understand what you're asking them to do you don't have to know the nitty-gritty or know how to implement it but you do know what you're asking them to do and what outcome you're expecting from it so that you can then be able to have that conversation and start that relationship with your freelancer or you know VA or whoever it is so that you get the outcome that you're you're required to have rather than being disappointed because you've been, you know, you're $150 in the hole and you still haven't got the thing that you're looking for. So um, yeah, completely understand it from that perspective. And I think my advice in that situation as well is don't afraid to be human in that situation and tell people that you don't know the answers or that you need a little bit of help figuring out how that's going to work and things as well, because Mm. people are, you know, people buy from people, people are also, you know, the people that you are talking to are also people. So they are more than likely happy to help you figure out what's right for Mm. them because especially when it comes to a platform like Upwork or Fiverr or anything like that, they are relying on your good review. So if you get a bad, it is not worth their time, money, effort to do a job not to the required outcome and have a bad, you know, a bad review as a result. So Mm -hmm. by just preempting that and having that conversation so that you both understand exactly what you're looking for is for me is like non-negotiable. That is the absolute thing that I think people should should have a clear understanding of on both parts before you before you start working with somebody. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, this is actually like making me want to uh, outsource again. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, and I think like one of the big things for me as well was realizing was accepting that I can't do everything, yeah. and that actually you don't want to do everything because, like I said. Yeah spreadsheets bore me to tears but I want to know have a spreadsheet with all of the information I just don't want to put it together you know mm-hmm. so whereas somebody else absolutely you know could look at a spreadsheet and, and do it yeah. so why mm-hmm. wouldn't you empower somebody to be able to do that for you so that you can do what you love and they can do what they love and you can help move your business forward as a result so mm-hmm. yeah Um, wow. This conversation has been amazing. I feel like we started, we started talking about branding and then we got into this really lovely information about like delegating and being organized in our business and setting goals and all that. Oh, so this is going to be very valuable. Yeah. We took a bit of a detour, didn't we? But I think for me as well, when I talk about all of these things, for me, it always comes back to branding (laughs) because it always comes back to that experience that I am creating for myself, for Mm -hmm. my employees and for my clients. Because if I don't consider all of these factors, then things are going to affect the result. So, and Mm -hmm. my branding is my brand, the branding of the company is then going to have an, have, um, what am I trying to say? It's going to affect the result. So for me, even though we talk about all of these business aspects of things, it always comes back to the fact 
of what your brand stands for and creating that brand experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that we went on a little bit of a detour. <laughs> Me too. That was fun. Uh, where can our listeners find you online? Yeah, of course. So if you have any more questions or would just like to chat to me more about branding, um, I am on Facebook and Insta as Grim Designs Limited. um, And my website is www.grimdesigns.co.uk. I also have a free guided meditation for people. So if you do want to get started on that visualization process of connecting to your future self and connecting to that future vision of what you want to um, see for your business and want to walk to work towards um, then head on over to my Instagram bio and it's in there like it's about 12 minutes long so it's not too long um, but it will be a good start to getting you to practice that visualization element of your business. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Openly Spoken. I hope you got some good takeaways. I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. Share it with me on Instagram at Openly Spoken. Be sure to leave us a review to keep the good stuff coming, and I will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.